Hey, uh, playing with them boys. <laughs> Welcome to Don't Jump the Shark podcast. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's that's not how that's not our traditional greeting, is it? Welcome to Don't Jump the Shark podcast. Uh, this week's film is the hundred, and here's the uh, King Leonidas to my misshapen, deformed, useless, apparently Gollum character. Go- go- yeah, <laughs> let's go with Gollum character. Grant. This is. Sparta! A prominent city-state in ancient Greece! Sparta was unique in ancient Greece for its social system and constitution! Which completely focused on military training and excellence! <laughs> Here's what we'll do every week. Take a film that's good up until a point, and then goes too far. We'll talk you through the film and point out that jump the shark moment where we feel it goes too far. Could be five minutes in, could be five minutes from the end. As always, we'll lock ourselves at the hot gates. Oh, hot gates. Hot gates. Mm. And study the film separately so we have no way of knowing each other's chosen shark jumping moment. Okay, Grant. This film's about, you know, a king that takes 300 men into a <laughs> narrow passageway <laughs> <laughs> round the back of Sparta. <laughs> And uh, gets them to fight a battle. So the question I want to ask you is, if you had to go to war, what essential pieces of clothing would you leave behind and why? (laughs) Well, I think I would follow their lead and leave all pieces of armour behind. (laughs) Except the helmet. They've got the helmet and the shield. That's to cover their beautiful faces. I think I would leave chest plates behind because no one ever tries to stab you in the chest, really, do they? Don't need bracers, don't need any form of leg defence <laughs> or decent shoes. <laughs> Just a little side note, by the way, the Spartans at the real battle wore full armour. <laughs> okay, Grant, plot synopsis. I want you to read the plot synopsis in the style of the narrator of this film, David Wernham. Or David Wenham, because that's his name. <laughs> Yeah, okay then. <laughs> if you have to do that guy. <laughs> King Leonidas and a force of 300 men fight the Persians at Thermopylae at 480 BC. <laughs> right, Grant. So take us through the main uh, combatants in this battle. <laughs> <laughs> well, first up, we've got to go for Zack Snyder. Director so, extraordinaire. You say that. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to ruin the new Superman. Tights. Watchmen. <laughs> tights. Dawn of the Dead. Zombies and tights. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. We've got to mention the fact that he basically took all social commentary out of that film. Yes. <laughs> about, uh, did, did he not do Sucker Punch as well? He did do Sucker Punch. He did do Sucker Punch. Which is like 300 for women. <laughs> <laughs> and men a little bit. <laughs> yes, men who don't like stories. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like yeah. looking at girls who look potentially very underage. Carabers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Essentially. If you either like looking at abs or underage girls, <laughs> that's his target audience. <laughs> Me, I like both. <laughs> so he was the head writer on this too, but he had some help. Because <laughs> not one person could write this masterpiece. <laughs> a guy called Kurt Johnstead helped him. We worked on a film called True Vengeance, which is another American Yakuza film. <laughs> <laughs> be popping up all over the place. And a film you might know him from is called Act of Valor. 
Oh yeah, the, the real marines. I thought that was just following them in active duty. I didn't think that was actually written. As a film, is it uh, it's not a documentary. Is it? <laughs> I it's wish supposed it was to be a wish film. it was a documentary. <laughs> and our other writer is called Michael Gordon. Because at least it does like all the money for it. Well, a lot of the money for it does go to supporting troops. Help the heroes. Yes. Anyway, Michael Gordon doesn't help anyone. <laughs> <laughs> the only other film he's worked on. Yes. G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. <laughs> Solid. I will not hear a bad word against them. <laughs> Solid CV. I'll hear many bad words against Christopher Eccleston in that film. So you, would you like some main stars? There was some. <laughs> there was a Scotsman, first off, Gerard Butler. <laughs> Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> He's also a fan of the opera. Ah, there's nothing gay there. Um, gamer. Filled with manly men. I'm G- sure you'll agree. Gamer. Gamer, yeah. <laughs> um, Bounty Hunter is his token rom com as well. Lena Hedy, perhaps, is how you pronounce that. <laughs> She'd been in Game of Thrones. Incest. Yeah, she was in Game of Thrones. She was in a film called Aberdeen. Incest. Where she, <laughs> <laughs> where she played a promiscuous Scott. Promiscuous with her brothers and sisters, more like. Whoa! <laughs> She played a promiscuous Scott in Aberdeen. Isn't there a, a line about sheep in there someplace? <laughs> uh, well, just just for the record, she was born in Bermuda. <laughs> I, I imagine her Scottish accent not that great. <laughs> Probably not. A Aberdeenshire accent. If anybody if anybody is unsure what an Aberdeenshire accent looks like or sounds like, rather, <laughs> look up on YouTube because eh? that is a bizarre accent in itself. She was also in a film called Face with the lead singer of Blur, Damon Albarn. Face. Hello, can you go? <laughs> Face. Na, 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 na. Face. <laughs> Heady, running through my mind. She played a Scotswoman. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't let it go as well without mentioning Dominic West. Dominic West, wire star. Yep, that's definitely the highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Although, in saying that, I love Punisher Warzone. Love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> I've not seen Punisher Warzone. It knows what it is and it runs with it and it's brilliant. There's blood, guts and pit and firing at the screen from all sides. <laughs> John English Reborn, the sequel we were all waiting for, he's in that. <laughs> really, you should go to IMDb and look at his CV because... <laughs> is it downwards from The Wire, is it? Prior to The Wire. I mean, for them to give him a chance after looking at his CV which contains Star Wars Episode One. <laughs> Uh, Chicago <laughs> and best of all Space World <laughs> so there you are that's certainly a cast of players and a half I thought you would have mentioned uh, Mr. Fassbender himself no Cause, his cause first film perform- completely performance completely forgot he was in it until yeah. he turned until up until he shouted <laughs> let you know he's there hello it's me I'm here I'm Michael Fassbender <laughs> just before we start yeah could I just let you know some things which will supplement some of the things we're talking about later? Give me a brief history bit. Okay. The Athenians, rather than staying on the sidelines, were involved from the start and were fighting beside them in the naval battle. Do you know that big lake that's right next to them? <laughs> I like to call the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> the Athenians were stopping the Persians crossing this. For, for a long time. Yes. Yeah. And only a few Persians got through, which is why 300 Spartans were able to... to hold the hot yes. gates. The best gay club in town. <laughs> <laughs> Athenians actually ran the whole show and the naval battle, 
the Spartans had to be convinced to be involved. It wasn't that <laughs> way around, it was the other way around. Oh, so it's them that were corrupt. The Athenians were actually the main army. Mm. The Spartans were just shock troops set, set at the front. Yeah. It wasn't the Spartans and no one else. <laughs> it was the Spartans at the front, surrounded by other followed, soldiers. Followed by an army. They couldn't have won it alone, and they didn't. Um, the Thespians, which is another Greek settlers, <laughs> they scouted for them so that the Spartans knew who were coming. So it wasn't just the Athenians that were involved. The Athenians also acted as their supply line. I mean, there's no mention of them yes. getting new supplies in this. It's because the Athenians were getting it all for them. Xerxes, as opposed to a nine-foot pierced <laughs> demagogue, was short, fat, happy, and quite a trusting and beloved king who ran his kingdom as a meritocracy rather than a fascist yeah. state. <laughs> And also, body piercing wasn't accepted within that culture. That's, <laughs> Not this, yeah. Just one last thing. Xerxes didn't fight on the front line, because which general would? He <laughs> was way back in a ship. <laughs> even venture to the front line, and he would be Okay, I just want to keep that in mind as we talk about the plot of this film. <laughs> I really like the fact that they kept the title card the same as the comic book. So if you're a fan of the comic book, you're going, okay, right, this is going to look good. It looks like they've went stylistically... In terms of colour and tone and look and feel to it, you were like, yeah, they've, they've stuck wet from the comic book. Nice. If I could take a counterpoint to that, mm-hmm. this is the scene where they already are overdoing the special effects. I, I like the, the 300, the way it's, it's put in the title, but I don't like the fact that they've just went, you know that sepia background? We're going to have that for the whole film. <laughs> With the grain. Yeah. The grain is constantly there to, to hide the special effects. So there's a lot of lightning today in Sparta, isn't there? It's a uh, it's a very um, it's not very much rain, but there's a lot of lightning. <laughs> tea cloud as well. <laughs> is what it kind of looks like the the whole line about you know the children being inspected at birth. Just like really, it was a bit dodgy back then, wasn't it? <laughs> I'll inspect your child over here for you don't look, and if it's uh, if it's rubbish, I'll just throw it away. Onto this big pile of corpses. Yeah. Jeez. Although at the same time I was like, oh, this was a good time to bring it up, you know, with the whole thing in, in China with, about what was happening with babies and stuff. You're like, oh yeah, it's probably got nothing to do with it. Like, <laughs> I don't think Zack Snyder <laughs> inadvertently touched on a current issue. <laughs> no, he didn't. How about the bit where the voiceover, which is bizarrely delivered by David Wenham. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's talking about how the children, as soon as they're pretty much born, right away from the women, just around the men at all times. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get a taste for women that way. You know the, the volleyball scene in Top Gun? Yes. If you haven't seen 300, that is this film. <laughs> With more oil. Let's run it. You picked up some quite definite point there. Can I pick up another one? Why are these people buff like bodybuilders and not buff like wrestlers? If you mm. were a, a soldier back then, you would have to have long, like, f- burning muscles that could keep going and fat reserves so that you could keep going. You wouldn't have, like, cut abs like that. Once they spent all their energy, that would be them dead. You would be, like, you would look like Hulk Hogan in the 80s. You know, you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't look cut. You'd have that kind of big belly thing going on. Instead, they went for abs from here to next year, is their <laughs> visual style. How about the little sadomasochistic bit in this opening montage that kind of comes out of nowhere? The bit where the kids kill each other? No, the bit mm. where the kids getting whipped. 
when he's chained up and he's getting whipped. Yeah. <laughs> for no reason as well. They actually tell you it's for no reason. Although, if I was going to choose a favourite moment of David Wenham's voiceover here, it's when the, the wolf shows up. <laughs> from some alternate reality where wolves are the scariest creatures in the world 17 foot tall <laughs> and he says and he's a giant wolf sniffing <laughs> <laughs> my what big teeth you have <laughs> what I did like was the echo of the strategy though that he uses when he ducks back into the cave and uses his like position to find like to kill the beast mm-hmm. and you're like oh that's, that's, I like that I like that little bit of echo in the later bit then cuts into the, our first of many pointless shouted speeches. <laughs> <laughs> and if I was to choose a person that I think is most like, it would be Wolf from the Gladiators. Remember the Gladiators? Yes. <laughs> I love the bit of acting as well, where he holds his fist up to the camera. Yes, no more! <laughs> you know the bit with the children, like, being taught and brought up to kill each other and, like, beat each other up and that? You know what I don't get? Why on earth would that bring stable leaders? Like, <laughs> seeing the modern military where we have some of the best commanders around now, what, they don't get beat up. <laughs> they don't train to beat each other up. You're not a proper fighter until you have to fight a wolf. Now get out there. Yes, <laughs> yes go kill this child. That will make you a stable leader who is both fair and just and knows how to rule. <laughs> How's that going to teach me that, Dad? Just go kill that child! <laughs> So in this world of black and white politics, our first introduction to the, the bad guy, I've got loads of skulls around me. <laughs> slow motion horse riding, here we come. <laughs> Those are very slow horses that can <laughs> jump very high. But they want to contrast it, don't we, with the first appearance of Gerard Butler as King Leonidas. All relaxed and homely. and Who is either shouting or mumbling. Throughout this whole film, you don't know what to do with your volume control. When he arrives, you're like, what? Why has he got a Scottish accent? <laughs> when he shouts, it's very much Scottish. Why is he got his abs out and display? I know Greece is a hot country, but... Just as a quick real-world aside, by the way, the, the outfit that they're all wearing is the Spartans' training outfit that they would wear when they were training for fighting, not when they were actually fighting. But not quite, is it? Because in the cartoon... How, how are they portrayed slightly differently? We've got the full tackle out. Oh, <laughs> there yes, is no course. pants in the comic. <laughs> That's when men were men. <laughs> and when Frank Miller needed to see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that there was an episode, of a season, sorry, of The Wire, where McNulty wasn't in it very much? Yes. And it's because he was away filming this. Yeah. Should have stayed in The Wire. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I didn't think it was a great trade-off, to be honest. <laughs> I would have rather had more of him in that season. <laughs> my next note is abs everywhere can't hear a thing <laughs> when um, when the king's hand comes to, to talk to Leonidas he, and, and Leonidas says back to him oh, you know the other people that laid down to him oh they're all boy lovers mm. well, they're all boy lovers as opposed mm. to child haters like you <laughs> yeah. no, we just boy hate haters. children <laughs> boy haters <laughs> and they have the both of them have a dig against the Athenians <laughs> The Persians and the Spartans. And it's, it's very much, oh, those stupid people with their technology and their culture. They can go to hell. Look at these abs. <laughs> those artisans. What are they on about? <laughs> That's no match for my muscles. Did you get the little rip-off in the next scene, though? Like, where, you know, he's, he's backed them up 
and uh, the guy, then the wind blows as Leonidas is thinking. And you hear a little musical sting and a little bit of wheat blows across his feet. It's a gladiator, isn't it? It's the bit where he's, in, he's thinking he's in heaven. So he's got the guy, the Persian, over the bottomless pit. Yeah, apparently that was a thing back then. <laughs> Who dug that for you? Uh, crocodiles? Where's <laughs> Australia? Where's Australia? Don't know. <laughs> as a filmmaking device, though, I do quite like this. I do quite like they just, as soon as they fall down, it's blackness and you don't see them anymore. Yeah. To rein it back in to something I don't like again. <laughs> that this is Sparta! <laughs> I mean, it's justifiably derided left, right, and centre these days, really, isn't it? I was trying to think how you would uh, replace it, and I was thinking, you know, if this film had been made in the 80s, would they have had sunglasses on and pulled them down slightly and went, this is Sparta, and then, like, done the kind of Fonzie elbow bump and, like, just bumped them straight in? <laughs> like, he would have turned his car around and. Smacked him in with a with a bumper, like a big tail swing, yeah. <laughs> or rode up on his BMX and hit him with a wheel as he jumped over it. Oh, take that! <laughs> well, apparently Andrew Dice Clay is a smart man, is he? I was thinking more ET, but you can go. Probably <laughs> well, just put his finger off and shove him in. <laughs> ET the bike. <laughs> takes so long to get to that decision though doesn't he he's like he well what are you thinking well I'm standing with my back to this massive pit isn't it till he says that he's mad that he makes that decision yeah he's like mad just cause I beat children doesn't they make me mad <laughs> well it just makes me a good plain Scottish man we're assuming that this guy has been out to lots of different cultures as well and like you know delivered his king's word to all these different people has he never been in the situation where they don't want to hear the word <laughs> Apparently he's that foolish that, yeah, I'll just back up towards this bottomless pit. Is the next bit with the soothsayers then, where they pop up to see the, the girls that the, look the like... The lepers. Yeah. Cameron Diaz without her makeup. Yeah. <laughs> it was a heat magazine joke. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the whole, like, lepers being derided as, you know, oh, these terrible, terrible people. You're like, well, they probably weren't trusted and they probably were seen as, like mystical because there was like something seriously wrong with them that they couldn't cure at the time but they weren't seen as Doctor Who villains no <laughs> <laughs> or Nosferatu <laughs> totally over the top like horrible people what do you think of the vision that he has then of the naked riding lady <laughs> I thought that was there no she is there because they deliver fresh virgins to them Oh right, I thought that was a vision he was having no right? no no because they take the little thing off and then she smells the the ether like, which was like, you know, drugs. And then she gets all like, Do you think this is a classic case of the not gays for this film? We're <laughs> not gay, like. We've got girls here. here here's some <laughs> girls. And they're writhing about and we're not going to go near them. But And she's naked. You know, when he's climb up there, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's totally having to jump for rocks, and then at the end it says, you know, his climb down was much harder. How did the lepers get up there? <laughs> <laughs> That's a long way if you did, if you're maybe just catch leprosy when you got up there. <laughs> Do you, you go you, you see the beautiful women getting taken up there and you go, I think I want to become a leper. <laughs> I didn't get the impression though, because I I did think this was a vision that she was kinda tuning the vision in with her nipples a little bit, just the way she was kinda rubbing them. <laughs> yep, I'm making you feel this, Leonidas. Well, this is... like, Look, me and my abs are not interested. <laughs> We're away. This is a nipple sandwich though. Because you have <laughs> You have nipples, then you have Gerard Butler's butt in the next scene, and then you have his wife's nipples. It's a nice <laughs> nipple sandwich. 
This is definitely Gerard Butler, isn't it? When he's like standing at the door, you know, that's some pert bomb. <laughs> but right before that, um, you have the bad guy who smiles. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Disappears like the Cheshire cat, so that only the smile remains. And he's and he's bits of gold. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Now he's taking visual inspiration from Snoopy. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say that was kind of like the comic book, and I, I like those. I like those little hints of like. Does that make pain. it okay though? No, no, because they, they do it because he's black, which isn't okay at all. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I like their their commitment to making it look like the comic book. I, I don't. I mean, why <laughs> do you need like? You're doing an adaptation for film. Why do you need to have everything exactly the same? Because they could have told the story that you've pointed out, but they haven't. They've decided to do an adaptation of that comic book. But they've added in a bit, another bit which kind of counteracts the real-life story with um, yeah. he's, he's the Queen and the Athenians. Yeah, that's where they're stupid, though. <laughs> that's where I'd agree. I disagree. Yeah, I, I think they're stupid trying to adapt this from a comic book from the start and just not putting their own imprint on it whatsoever yeah I mean it was uh, yeah no it was it was after Lord of the Rings it came after that so like there was a lot of money in that kind of market so the same way as they're buying up all the like a lot of novels just now I think they just bought up all the kind of you know war type stories at the time and that was a particularly popular one that already had an inbuilt audience so like let's just do that but part of the thing about adapting is you can take source material and improve it. It's not just about yeah. oh, he's taken my source material and ruined it, like you have with other Frank Miller things. It's, this is a case of they being far too faithful to it. But you said <laughs> you said before they've changed it as well, though. But no, but they've changed minor things. But by and large, they've been utterly faithful to it to their own detriment. I don't know because there was no slow motion in the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> the book and, moved and, a lot quicker and wasn't quite as racist. <laughs> if this film didn't have slow motion it would only be 30 minutes <laughs> it would be the time it takes you to read the comic book <laughs> we do cut back to the the button the moonbeam lethal weapon shot don't we button the moonbeam <laughs> and yeah to quote loaded weapon one just one of those unmotivated button the moonbeam shots <laughs> and yes it's clench clench hold <laughs> hold <laughs> it's not the first time we've seen him total clench his muscles either like when he see when he's lying down right at the very start he's kind of got a bit of a belly sticking out but they've, they've uh, done the airbrushing on his abs to make them stand out but then he's kind of you can see he's obviously sucking it in like nothing else <laughs> yes definitely is <laughs> Which is a shame, because I still stick with my statement, like, if he looked kind of like an 80s wrestler, then that would look okay, because you'd be like, that was what Warriors looked like at that time. He does pull out Paradox Central to her as well here. <laughs> Fighting makes you free. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you, North Korea's foreign policy. <laughs> and then it's this Team America sex scene, isn't it? <laughs> I don't get why she wakes up in the mood for sex. Like, she's instantly <laughs> like that. She's in the mood for sex. Who wakes up like that? Men in the morning, maybe. <laughs> I've got a battlefield I'd like you to penetrate. <laughs> I've got a frontier line you need to <laughs> come upon. <laughs> I've got a wolf I'd like you to. <laughs> I've got some hot gates you need to. <laughs> Before he goes to the hot gates, though. I mean, literally, not to the Queen's Hot Gates. Yeah. <laughs> Queen Hot Gates, I think she's called the show. Queen Hot Gates. <laughs> and King 300. Because I've <laughs> called them all the way through my notes. 
Queen. You didn't call it Queen Hotkeys, though, did you? <laughs> no, Queen Hotkeys. <laughs> he, he has a little tour of his troops first, doesn't he? And this is yeah. the intro of Michael Fassbender we mentioned earlier. I didn't, I didn't think I'd picked up on that, but look what that note says. Geez, why is this guy shouting in my ear? <laughs> and that's Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Because he's like... He's, he's walking along, he's like, oh, okay, very good, you know, a 10 out of 10 for those abs, and I like the way you're wearing your helmet, and I like the way you've got a helmet on top of your head, too, <laughs> and, <laughs> sorry, uh, and then Michael Fassbender's like, hello, yes, I'm here, I'm running to fight, <sighs> we stand with you, <laughs> and he's like, ah, he's soldier, jeez, you almost gave my heart attack there, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed as well that Throughout the rest of that scene, Michael Fassbender's trying to grab attention. Draw the, the camera. camera to himself. Yeah, he's, he's always like, everyone else is staring straight ahead, but Michael Fassbender's like, we're here, buddy. We're here, look at this app. <laughs> look at this helmet. <laughs> you have to get a wide shot for that one. <laughs> Come closer and you'll see the hot gates. <laughs> get destroyed. <laughs> I've built a wall in them, but you can tear it down. <laughs> what a great dad that guy is, he. Yeah. Just <laughs> gives away his son. <laughs> I've got plenty more where that came from, is essentially what he says about his son. Yeah. Is that is that not your son? Is he not too young to fight? Nah, <laughs> I think nah he's I've got a couple it. more in the house. <laughs> I think he sees the end of his ways later, but we'll yeah. <laughs> So they decide they're off to the hot gates. All these old people come up. Like scholars and people that have probably been elected to the council and you know typically called the wise men of society <laughs> and go you shouldn't go and he goes ah, I'm just it for a walk I'm just going to go take a walk to the Hoggate see see you later and the queen's like have this horn which will remind <laughs> you of me remember last night Hoggates <laughs> horn horn <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the narration of the bit where they say goodbye though which is David Wenham saying goodbye my love he could never say that to her because he was a man and his feelings were shut off. That's what men are like. <laughs> where does she, she leaves with, come back with your shield or on it? Jeez, is there no intermediary? What if yeah. I have to drop my shield and run? No, I'm not coming. If you don't have that shield, you just move to Athens. But that, you... that shield was so expensive, you better come back with it. If you lose it... You... And if it doesn't have ten arrows in it, you can, again, this is another you know stipulation I'm adding here. <laughs> we have one of the few bits in the film that I laughed heartily at, which is the when few bits when but, but yeah, every laugh. time I mention no, there's, there's, there's parts that make me cringe, but the part that really makes me laugh is when they're marching to you know to go to battle and just before they meet the Athenians. There's a guy playing a double recorder solo. Did you notice that? He's not just playing one recorder. He's got two wedged in his mouth, playing both of them at the same time. I thought they weren't into all this artisan stuff. Apparently so. Which comes well, up in the next scene. Doesn't the weird golem hunchback creature start to follow them as well? Yeah. And as much as they try and say it's following, it's never following. He's always in front of them. <laughs> He's preceding them. Yes. <laughs> Leading the way. <laughs> <laughs> They're following him. He's like, there's 300 guys going. <laughs> I better dress like them so that this, I can disguise myself. Yeah, so and then they meet some English artisan pussies, don't they, Grant? Because they're the Athenians. Because they're like, oh, look at you. Yeah. Like, you're in your robes. What do you do? Well, I'm a potter, sir. 
It's like, oh yeah, we'll get a really Scottish guy asking that to a really overtly South English guy. Oh yeah, isn't this the bit where he slams his books down and calls him a nerd? Yes. <laughs> nerd! <laughs> like, look at this gay guy! <laughs> With his pottery! Said the nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel sorry for the Athenians. They're like, we've got culture. What's what's wrong with that? We're also soldiers. Look, we've got some abs as well. They've not been highlighted quite as much, and we're not yeah. oiled each other down before we went to battle. But at least, at least we're also wearing boots. That's one of the things that happened in the real battle, which didn't happen in this film. Actually, is the Athenians oiled each each other up before really? the battle, so that it looked really scary and. To Creepy. The yeah. <laughs> Look at those guys, they wild each other up. <laughs> How fucked up is that? How much would that have fit in this film? <laughs> <laughs> How awesome would it be just a scene of them just rubbing each other down while <laughs> Just the areas under the armour? No, all the areas. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the the bit where the kid shows up then? The kid who shows up to die three seconds later. Yeah, he had a lot of life left in the tanky. Eh? <laughs> I was thinking, you know, if he joins them, is that then 300 and like a half? Like, half and a half? No, he's dead. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Oh, I love that. Because <laughs> ah, that's, um, they've killed the village, and then they're like, oh, where, where is everyone? And then they find them. Playing hide and seek. <laughs> well, no. They're hiding in plain daylight, literally plain sunlight actually <laughs> they're right in front of the sun all in a big tree yeah and it's like how did they not notice that? <laughs> that's the that's case of not seeing the dead people from the tree <laughs> do you know what I, what problem I had that's amazing <laughs> you know one of the problems I had with the, the bit where they're like what is your profession what is your profession and then he goes Spartans what is your profession and they go, ooh, that's not yes. <laughs> that's not even a word. That's not an answer. Like, yeah. ooh. I would have loved it if he just turned around and went, hey, just a yes or no, do. <laughs> Any chance you could clarify or, for, or just, for me? Just the word soldier, that's, that's all we need. <laughs> so they're off to Hell's Mouth. Which With I'm a good. good looking 40 year old. This is also where they mention that Leonidas is 40. <laughs> is yeah. he Hell? Do you think Hell's Mouth is just kind of a slip road off? <laughs> Why is this bad guy a hunchback though? Yeah. You, you know how we always have a moment in our films where like, oh, yeah, a 14 year old wrote this. Ship sinking while there's guitar riffs in the background. And ships Think about the difference in the music from the start as well, which is a little more relevant to the period. Yeah, gladiator. This is then where it starts to cut to the, the B storyline if this oh. was a sitcom which is the Queen and Brian from Spaced <laughs> I want to go and speak to the Athenians don't know about that can't come, we come back to me <laughs> 20 later. minutes later I'd really like to speak to those Athenians just I'm just not sure can't come, we <laughs> come back to me 20 later. minutes later but you know about the you were saying about the a line like parts that written by a 14 year old her dress was written in by a 14-year-old. <laughs> like, he's like... It's a hanky. <laughs> he goes at one point, the guy goes, My queen, wouldn't you be better talking to me in the courtyard? Wouldn't that be more befitting for a woman of you? It's like, it doesn't matter about that, she's barely wearing anything. No matter where you talk to her, that's going to be scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> I 
the emissary shows up, tries to take shouty Michael Fassbender by surprise. <laughs> he said, no, you will not take me by surprise. I can turn quicker than you. <laughs> I'm the one that's a surprising <laughs> one here. They have a quick shooting match. <laughs> you can shoot the quickest and the loudest. <laughs> and, how does, and how does Michael Fassbender win it? He chops his arm off. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. At this point, they've they've taken like two days to build the Great Wall of China as well, haven't they? <laughs> of which you only see like twelve feet off. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the it's the cliff edge, isn't it? Though you know, it's got that magical edge. It's like a road. It's like a paved road for some reason. The film really reaches an idea at this point, though, as you say, where he cuts his arm off. Where you get a slow motion for the whip, where yeah. the whip goes back yeah. slow mo. Oh, you're gonna enjoy this, guys. Whip. <laughs> We've seen some good action films together, Grant. How good are those re- really over the top manoeuvres when they're done really quickly? They're great, aren't they? Think of like Ong Back, where he does some of the total crazy things he does, but he does them quickly, and you're like, did I just see that? Does that really need to happen in slow motion? <laughs> like, did I just see that? <laughs> Yes, she did, because it lasted over 24 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> he says it like a farmer, too, when he cuts off his arm. He's like, my arm! <laughs> <laughs> I guess another thing as well, where they've like they got this really posh English-Asian guy to play a bad guy. What's, what's wrong with all these English people that were just characterised them as the bad guys? But I don't, I don't think much of their mortar, either. <laughs> they used people for mortar. That's not going to hold together that wall at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a short-term solution best, <laughs> yes, isn't it? That's, that's going to let damp through the wall. <laughs> and then they're going to have to treat the other side with fungicide. <laughs> so the hunchback of Notra Sparta is the next scene. I may be ugly, but I can help you. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's <What>? basically the reply. <laughs> they're like, watch, you can't even throw your frisbee. And he just throws his shield away and it just tumbles down the cliff. doesn't even fly. You can stay and guard the base. <laughs> Well, you, can be goals. <laughs> <laughs> you can catch anybody that gets through. <laughs> and they're letting him in though. Is this 301 then? Is that the official count on the army now? Because <laughs> they're, they're kind of half letting him in, aren't they? Or, or if they had kept the kids, then it would have been 301 because there's two half people. <laughs> I'm desperate to fight and desperate to kill people. Okay, t- tell you what. Um, we'll make you stay behind. Just promise not to betray us, okay? <laughs> That's definitely not going to happen, is it? No, no. I'll be fine, they'll be fine. One thing I did like, but again, it was kind of co-opted from so many other different things, was when they were talking about a beautiful death, like, in battle. That was like uh, the Klingons, remember, in Star Trek? Mm. Uh, they were always talking about a beautiful death in battle, and I, I quite liked that. But again, it was just because I liked it in Star Trek. <laughs> and because I liked it in Lord of the Rings, and because I liked it in, you know, all those other things. Gladiator. Derivative 300, how dare you? Yeah. Would you like to stop for intermission? Yeah. Okay. Right, intermission. Intermission time. Intermission, intermission. <laughs> da, 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 da. So for your intermission today, 300 is apparently a bit of a homoerotic film. I don't see it myself. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you some homoerotic lines from other films. And I want you to bear in mind they're not discussing people getting together <laughs> or people dancing in clubs. They're more plot. Yes. So I want you to try and work out what they're actually talking about. You don't have to guess the film though, just what they're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I guess I did get a lot of wrist action into it, didn't I? (laughs) Um, I'm going to see 
Tron. <laughs> From all that, you know, joystick manoeuvre. Ah, well, nice thinking. It's, it was actually delivered by the one and only Elvis Presley. Was it? And he was talking about dancing in the film Jailhouse Rock. Ah. When I needed your ass, you were nowhere to be found. It's got to be Top Gun. <laughs> nope. When, what was it? When I needed your ass? You were nowhere to be found. It's got to be about somebody not, like, not being at a battle when they needed to be at a battle with somebody else. Yeah, I think I'll give you that. It's someone not being at a robbery when they should have been from Too Fast and Too Furious. <laughs> I drink of my sisters and I take of myself. <laughs> well, that's one way to get your sustenance. <laughs> I drink of my sisters and I take of myself. I don't know. Witchcraft. In the film The Craft. <laughs> We don't stop till one of us goes down. <laughs> oh, I've heard that. Um, Fight Club? I think I'll give you that, because it's about fighting. Yeah? It's from American Ninja. <laughs> I had the right idea. One more game. For me... Uh, is it about playing a, playing a video game? Not playing a video game, but playing something. Playing, playing ice sport. hockey? A sport. Playing American football? Playing, playing volleyball. Top Gun. What was it? <laughs> I can't imagine it was that hard to dig up some homoerotic lines from Top Gun. No, I tried to get a subtle one. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? Ooh, uh, I'm going to guess that's, they're talking about uh, the CIA making somebody push too many pencils. You're correct. <laughs> and that line is from Predator. Arnie to Carl Weathers. Oh. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've watched this, haven't we? For yes. the podcast. No, uh, not for the podcast. Not for the podcast. He's talking about uh, how he's going to beat up that guy. Take him easily. No, he's literally talking about prison rape. I'm afraid. <laughs> that was a trick question. <laughs> it's from Roadhouse. So it is, yeah. <laughs> Your last one. You have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. <laughs> Is that anybody in shame to Michael Fassbender? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good guess. What was the real answer? That is Brandon Lee to Dolph Lundgren in Showdown Little Tokyo, and he's talking about his penis. Just his penis. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, literally talking no, about his penis with no that subtext thing. at all no. there. <laughs> Persians attack. <laughs> Form off. <laughs> Fighting bots. A pierced, nine feet tall creature. <laughs> I don't like these action scenes. As much as I could say I like some of the later action scenes, these action scenes are all close up. You get no scale at all. And it's like, I don't care what's happening in these action scenes. Do you, compared to the rallying cries in the earlier part of the film, like some of the rallying cries here? They have the line, um, give them nothing but take from them everything. Mm-hmm. That's quite a good line, eh? It's like yeah, quite a homoerotic line there. <laughs> Milk that prostate dry. <laughs> no prisoners, no mercy. Well, thanks, heroes. <laughs> so, Yay. no chance of giving up and joining your side then? Nope, stop. <laughs> Is it okay if I just go and get some medical attention? Nope. <laughs> nope, we're too busy defying the laws of physics, because there's a lot of that goes on here, isn't there? You might tell them that not one of our 300 people die in this scene. <laughs> anyway, speaking of homoerotic lines, thirsty, let's give them something to drink. <laughs> I had to rewind that, I couldn't even work out what he was saying. It's like, what is he on about? 
But uh, we do have the we do have the phalanx, don't we? The palace? <laughs> phalanx. <laughs> <laughs> it's not not a large penis shaped thing, more the round the square box thing. <laughs> ah, I see. That's quite good because that that for me as a kid who read uh, Asterix. I was like, I know what that is. You know, I felt like I would compare the action scenes to here, where you've got the speed up, slow down bits, where they're running between it, and it'll speed up while they're running, and then it'll slow right down for when they're actually cutting. Actually doing the cutting. Is Azumi, which is a Yuhei Kitamura film, which does that a lot better. A lot better. A lot better. And having seen it in that film, and then seen it in this one, it's like, poor. <laughs> yeah. Not using the technique to its best then. It's a samurai attack in that film, and it's done a lot better. Yeah. How did how did you like their uh, use of paraplegics? Because they must have used a lot. The amount of legs that come off in this film. It doesn't even just come off once. You see people's whole legs just coming clean off. Don't know how good their swords were. I could believe that if it was a samurai film. You know, steel that's been folded a thousand times. I could believe that that was as sharp and strong as that. Swords? They're just swords? I don't know. Would you mind if I retroactively renamed one of the films we've covered in the past? <laughs> what do you want to retroactively name it to? Like, I think The Last Samurai should be renamed The Last Spartan. Because <laughs> he's got exactly the same battle plan as the Spartans, doesn't he? It's, yeah. Die. Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not far off, is it? So we're back to the village again. And we get a, a slow-mo for Queen walking to the shops. <laughs> what about that is so exciting is this before we have the arrows do we have the arrows but we blow out the sun yeah he- they have a lot of time to discuss the arrows before the arrows hit <laughs> don't they <laughs> oh look arrows uh, quite worried about these arrows <laughs> up there to be honest another guy goes no 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 it's fine honestly just get under your shield we'll be fine and we can just have a laugh and a chat <laughs> you know because there's plenty of room underneath a shield and then Chekhov says shields up Captain <laughs> <laughs> They've blooded out the sun. <laughs> so McNulty, <laughs> yeah. Spartan McNulty, pops to say hello to the Queen. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I fancy you, Queen. I like the way you walk in slow motion everywhere. <laughs> I, I seriously just fast-forwarded through these bits. I was like, I know this film reasonably well. I don't have to watch this again. I know what the outcome of this storyline is. I can just fast-forward every time they get to... <laughs> back at the portly bee but, lane. Well, really, this time, he, he's literally just popping to say hello, isn't he? Yeah. He's, there's no hint of his darkness, really, at this point. They could have completely left this scene out of the film and just had the second scene where he does unspeakable things to her. He does. <laughs> we'll get on to that later. Yeah. that scene. <laughs> there is a scene, uh, because you see her advisor before this. They're chasing yeah, after the kids. Something about building <laughs> allies. Wait, though. The one bit that actually held my attention was like, how awesome is his fake beard? It's like the worst fake beard ever. Here's Brian from Space. Terrible beard. You should go and watch it. King 300, wandering about the battlefield as everyone gets killed, eating an apple. <laughs> I think after a day fighting you might need more than an apple. Oh. <laughs> or I wonder if that's how they keep their trim abs. That's what happens when you don't let the Athenians get your get your supplies for you. You've got an apple of three hundred guys. I think really Gerard Butler had a hard time keeping the abs and that's why he was like sucking it up all the time and, and really that was just a spillover from what he was doing on set, which was always at the craft services table eating eating things. <laughs> and so in this scene he wasn't meant to be eating an apple, he was just that hungry. <laughs> Xerxes shows up. And if I compare no, no, this no. Dennis Rodman shows up. 
Well, if I could compare it to anything, it would be London Fashion Week. <laughs> I just have a, a line. This is what's Dennis Rodman got to say. Let's <laughs> ask him. Such a racist. It's not. It's the fact he's tall, bald, and done up to look black. I am Darth Vader. I mean, uh, Xerxes. <laughs> My voice is this low because it's what all bad guys sound like. <laughs> My voice is this low because Zack Snyder digitally lowered it <laughs> to the point where it sounds unrealistic. <laughs> Have you seen the pictures of that guy like without the Xerxes makeup on? No. Does it look like the real Xerxes? <laughs> Insane. Having paused the film to look at that guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and found out the fact that he was... Nicky, as in, oh no, Paolo, Paolo. as in Nicky and Paolo from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> Another guy who went, like, quite far up from quite a lowly position, eh? <laughs> At what point in history were people nine feet tall? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am Xerxes. <laughs> I am the king of kings. <laughs> I'll get you next time, he man. <laughs> I have divine power. <laughs> Don't think he does. <laughs> he says he does. Who am I to disbelieve him? <laughs> he says he's a god king, but he looks pretty human. <laughs> you think he kills everybody that pierces him? Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> because, I mean, he's like, I will make that king bleed if it's the last thing I do, sort of thing. That's the whole point of the film. And, and yet, he's he, must have, he must have bled when he pierced. And then the immortals as well. Or as I like to call them. The mortals. mortals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't make that joke. They make the joke of, we'll put their name to the test. Yes. But some Spartans do finally die at this point, though, when they're fighting the immortals. Finally. And do you not think it, find it slightly racist that the, the immortals are quite obviously like... You orcs. Know, they're orcs when you see them without their makeup. Well, yeah, but they're also like, they're all using like samurai swords and they <laughs> look like, you know, like they're using martial arts and stuff. You're like, that's a little bit racist. <laughs> they pushed that whole wall over to kill one guy. I don't think he understands, like, output compared to input. They have a big ogre, too, because when you see them yeah. without their masks. But there's a big, huge, like... Yeah, but he's, like, a big ogre. Foot yeah, yeah, ogre. like, from Lord of the Rings. And I think, I think, when, when did this turn into Lord of the Rings? Look, Mr. Frodo, Oliphants. <laughs> oh, yes, it's... There's li- that, too. later on. <laughs> you know I, what makes a welcome reappearance here, though? Slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> slow, slow motion has never left. <laughs> It's always present in most scenes to some degree. Driving guitar. <laughs> That's right. You know, one of the things that I did think looked good, though, was when the sword went through the bicep. Mm-hmm. You were like, ooh, that looks so... You know, it's one of those injuries you don't see in every film. Well, the, dri- the driving guitar shows up to remind you that you have to be scared because you get some more creatures showing up, which is the rhinos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have an orgasm in Xerxes next. Because he sees his <laughs> armies getting repelled, but you don't actually see that. It just the camera flicks around to his face, and he just goes. <laughs> I've got this uh, history book of the Persian lands, if you wouldn't mind looking at it, which is now mainly Iran, by the way, if you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, uh, page one. Here's one of Persia's most noted creatures: is the ogre with a spike for a hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like sword arm guy? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've seen him. Why don't they hold all these creatures and just make them all attack at once instead of one by one? So Fassbender's hashing some bodies up there now, isn't he? 
he's some sword action. He's hacking somebody's up. Like. And for the amount of blood that flies around in these scenes, not a single Spartan gets a drop of blood. On them. And he ch- he chops all he chops more legs off again. He here. does. <laughs> you see more legs coming off, but no other one. My next note here is young Harry gets decapitated. <laughs> Take it, that's the son. Yeah. I don't. I don't like. Is the, the, that is the worst CGI in the film, though. When the head comes off and the body yeah. flops down. The body takes about two weeks to fall over. But also, if anybody's ever seen the head come off a chicken, like that's not how a body dies. It would be twitching like nothing else. It wouldn't be just like flopping down to the ground. The hunchback nips off to see Xerxes to betray them. Oh my God! What an unexpected <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> we did miss uh, the rivalry between the two characters when they're like counting numbers. Yeah. Again. Lord of the Rings, Gimli, and who was the elf? Legolas. Legolas. But the one thing I did like in it was the choreography when they were fighting back to back. You were like, actually, that must have taken a long time. Yeah, so the the hunchback goes off to see Xerxes. Us ugly people belong together. (laughs) They have an instrument playing goat. Like, the first character that they come on in the scene is a goat that is playing an instrument. How did they manage to get that? You know my favourite thing about Xerxes, by the way? What? Is his cloak? And do you know Xerxes' favorite thing about Xerxes? Is his cloak? It's his cloak. Because you've seen the way he walks. As if to say, he, he walks like Count Dracula. He's like, I, I'm showing off this cloak. <laughs> Children of the night. Everybody, look at my new cloak. <laughs> Nobody said anything about my cloak yet. Better get it out there. Well, he goes to meet him in what I was assuming was the hot mates, because it was, it was like some kind of sex club that he meant to meet them in. And there was all these women writhing around, usually missing limbs or eyes or teeth or uh, general senses of, you know, pride. <laughs> I don't like that, though. Ugly belongs with ugly. It also Which makes then... a terrible statement about disabled people. <laughs> it does, yeah. They go wherever they can stab people. <laughs> <laughs> this then cuts back to McNulty... Sexy time slash yeah. rape <laughs> slash very unsexy talk. <laughs> uh, you are not gonna like this. I'm gonna make sure you don't like this. When you consider how many how many times McNulty has sex in the wire as well, and how many different girlfriends he has, you really thought it would have been good. They at it. like it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you've seen the wire. You've seen what I can do. I'm going entirely in the opposite direction. <laughs> Do you remember how I was saying how the Athenians were actually in league with them? Yeah. So really, this rape is happening for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting shown this rape yeah, for this is... counterintuitive history. Yeah, this is Zack Snyder saying, I want to see a rape in a film. <laughs> and then a rape pops out. <laughs> There's a lot of boobs coming out of this film, isn't there? Not a really positive role model for the ladies out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you have sex with me. As long as you let me have a brief... 30 second appeal to the Athenians later <laughs> before you interrupt me. <laughs> Losing an eye is nothing either though, is it? No, but let's make a joke about it. <laughs> oh, it's alright, God gave me too. <laughs> Such a manly bloody bloke. Sorry, <laughs> right, God, God gave me too. And then like Leonidas goes to give him the, the necklace when he says no, there's no message that can be said. The guy would probably put his hand out and the depth perception that he'd lost would probably mean that he'd drop it on the ground instantly. When someone sent David Wenham to Greece to learn an accent, did he just watch <laughs> Greece with John Travolta? <laughs> and just think, I see, so I just need to mash words up in my mouth. 
Go Leonidas, you're burning up the corner of my <laughs> Spartan lightning, go Spartan lightning. <laughs> go Leonidas, go Leonidas, go. <laughs> Spartan lightning, go Spartan lightning. 300 men, no women. <laughs> Spartan lightning. <laughs> He gives the order, uh, King Leonidas gives the order to his troops, doesn't he, to never retreat. Even Napoleon retreated from Russia. Come on. Retreat is part of a military strategy sometimes. The Russians beat Napoleon by retreating. When we think about eyes, by the way, David Wenham losing an eye and caring not a jot or <laughs> apparently not feeling any pain. <laughs> ten out of ten on a manly scale. <laughs> King Leonidas and his silly little scar over his eye. Two out of ten, at best. <laughs> oh, I've got a bit on my eye. <laughs> I have a bit on my eye. <laughs> well, this is his, ro- his rousing speech, isn't it? When he's he's trying to rally the troops, and the guy that's lost his son comes across and says that that was his favourite one. But why did you take him to battle? Take one of the ones that aren't your favourite. Take mm. one of the ones you can just lose. One of the disposable kids. <laughs> and but that- he says, but David Wenham, I wish you to go off. To Athenians to tell everyone what has happened here. <laughs> For surely us killing 10,000 people <laughs> will not, the word won't reach anyone. About that. That's yeah, the not smell, a really. The smell alone would travel <laughs> further than David Wenham would in a day. How much were you loving the fact that as part of this manly speech that he continues into this David Wenham thing? Yeah. He says the words, no retreat. No surrender. <laughs> I really wanted John Claude Van Damme to have a camera on this. <laughs> this is the point that I kind of realised that David Wenham's uh, voiceover yeah. wasn't telling the story. <laughs> if you actually just took his words out of the film and put them together, you would have no idea what was going on. He tries to tell you what's going through the characters' minds because they must have watched it and thought, nobody has, no characters have any <laughs> depth or, yeah. anything, or feelings or any conflicted emotions. Which is why earlier you get the, and then he wanted to say I love you to her, but he couldn't. So <laughs> instead what he did later on was he gave her a, a necklace back, which is also like saying I love you, even though she'd given the same necklace to him. So it's merely returning her possession. <laughs> Regifted her present. <laughs> Tonight, we dine in hell. <laughs> what, they serve in hell tonight? <laughs> Not much, really. The Hot Gates <laughs> restaurant. Don't try the hot plate. <laughs> Do you think they're dining in hell with uh, John Constantine? Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the Queen's then doing her speech, which I didn't get a word of, because I was like, where is this shaft of light coming from? <laughs> which takes up easily a good 40% of the shot. <laughs> It's, a, it's, a it's powerful so overpowering, way. you can't see anyone behind it. <laughs> Every speech, though, has to be world-endingly significant at all times, doesn't it? There's never... It's, it's the end, essentially, isn't it? It's the end of days. McNulty's not impressed by that speech, does he? <laughs> no. He doesn't remember the winching because he's right in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to ignore the fact that we had sex at one point and just interrupt you anyway. This is the one point in the film, though, where I think someone has a go at acting, other than shouting. He really bites his teeth into this scene as an evil character, mm-hmm. and you're almost happy that someone's tried, even though he's evil. <laughs> and then they discover the coins on him, don't they? Realise that he's been bought by Xerxes. Do you not think he's right, though? That his, his husband is promoting anarchy, fascism. Her, her husband, not yeah. his husband. <laughs> her husband. <laughs> yes, essentially. But then again, he is the king. 
And technically, you know, with the absolute ruler, then there probably wouldn't have been this much problem. So the, the film probably says, yeah, someone's had to go acting here. Kill them off. <laughs> yes. We won't have that around there, have we? <laughs> no, no trial, no summary. No, just <laughs> stick to death. We're almost kind of onto the final bit here, yeah. where Xerxes okay. shows up to the, the remaining Spartans to try and convince them to give up the ghost. And he does say the line, kneel before Xerxes. <laughs> <laughs> So close. So close to Neil before result. Real heroes don't compromise, though, do they? Yeah. Did you notice that when we see the close-up of Leonidas, and it's talking about, you know, his helmet was stifling, he takes off his helmet. You, if you actually look at the helmet, you can see the paint on the helmet, like the gold <laughs> paint. And then he takes it off, and you just see how much makeup is on his face as well. <laughs> yeah, he puts his shield down. And the real point behind this was he, he wants to prove that Xerxes is mortal by taking off some of his piercings with a spear. <laughs> Just as easily I've proved he was mortal by putting that spear in a way that would kill him. <laughs> <laughs> if he was dead, that would be just as likely That's the that they would believe. <laughs> That's another bit that really rounds me gladiator, though, is him getting down on his knees like that. You know what bit is terrible, though? It's like when he is dropping down to his knees like that, and it cuts back to the phalanx, which is turned, instead of like being a square or an oblong or anything like that, into like this big dome, like mm. a turtle. But you see the guy whose son died just popping his head out a window. It's just like, I don't think the idea of phalanx is you're meant to have any weaknesses. That's the whole point. <laughs> you're not meant to have a window in it that you can just lift up a shield. I don't know, let's get on. And the Spartans are all just suddenly dead as well. <laughs> you no. don't see most of it happen. No, you, you, you see lots of it. You know about a dead like though? And you might you you might like this. See when he want he did sh- throw this is one of the few slow mos that I liked as well, which was when he threw the spear and instead of seeing it from like side on or anything, we saw it from above and you actually only saw the the mirror image yet on the mirrored steps of Xerxes like I don't know boat thing that he had carried by people, and then you saw it kind of like jumping up the steps before it like speared off his piercings. I, I really liked that shot. I thought if it was good. You, if you throw enough shit at a wall, something it's going to yeah. stick. <laughs> if you if you throw enough. Um, slow more Pers- <laughs> if you throw enough Persians at the hot gates eventually you'll get in <laughs> one of them Spartans isn't dead though to say goodbye to him next to him which is Mr. Fassbender that's right <laughs> shoots him it's been a pleasure to serve with you my king <laughs> <laughs> and do you notice the king doesn't fight to the end the guy who loses his son does he keeps fighting and the guy's got like a spear through him and he's still like, he pushes it through and everything and he's like, ah, hacking his way, sail away. He's harder than Leonidas. Leonidas gets a couple of arrows and he's like, nah, I'm done. I'm just gonna lie down. Here we learn our manly lesson now though, don't we? Now that he's dying, he sees the real point of opening up to ladies. <laughs> Which is a really weird message to go out on. <laughs> See, it was a good idea to have strong women round him. <laughs> Did you notice the way he died? What pose he was in? The kind of biblical one as it pulled out. <laughs> it was a Christ pose. It, it wasn't just the pose though. Like when it pulled out, it was like a pin. Which yeah. I did like in the fact that that was that must have taken a bit of work. And David Wenham pops off to very, see the Queen. Very old painting. Yeah. In a wheat field. Lucky he found her, really. <laughs> in a wheat field. Nothing, nothing there at all about Gladiator. No, no, it was north by northwest this time. It came down on a biplane. <laughs> <laughs> Got another down. <laughs> David Wenham is now, for some reason, in charge of every army in Greece as well. Well, they did say, you know, he didn't take the whole army with him. He just took 300. Why is he automatically the highest position? That's bizarre. Well, you think he would have left someone a bit better than 
a one-eyed guy to be in charge of his army. <laughs> well, I'm David Wenham, and I'm going to lead the army now with my funny voice. Don't ask me to shoot at anything. I can't have no <laughs> <Yeah>. death perception. <laughs> so I get all's well that ends well, then, eh? 10,000 Spartans, 30,000 free Greeks. Seems like Spartans putting a bit more there again, isn't it? Nice happy ending. More war. Yay! Hooray for war. Oh, yes. That, you kind of thought, you know, like in the first Lord of the Rings film, you thought, oh yes, this is leading up to an awesome film where we don't need the characters introduced, we're just going to have a huge battle. Mm-hmm. Which, Two Towers is awesome. But this, you're like, well, this is the only one. Or it was the only story, wasn't it, Grant? Until they started doing a prequel. Yeah. So, Ross, what's your jump the shark moment? Oh, changing up, asking me first. <laughs> My jump the shark moment is after the the first battle, because as we've had a lot, of, we have this problem quite a lot. Everything after this is just a repeat of what happened before, but worse. So, like the first fight, you're like, yeah, okay, use a little bit of slow motion, and you know we see some limbs flying. That's kind of cool. And cool battle moves, some cool choreography, some like a little bit of strategy. Yeah, that's cool. Right, do we need to see it again three times before the end of the film? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's a short one, but that's my jump the short one. Grant, what about you? What's your jump the short one? Zack Snyder said that he didn't intend this to be a political film. From the director of Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> you can believe. All the subjects, you can believe. <laughs> but I would argue that if you take a film that's based in reality, you can't help but make it inherently political. Yeah, because you've got to show it from a perspective. It's really been attacked for being an East versus West fable. Yeah. Whereas I think I would really have the problem with as a, a representation of the other as the bad person. It's the other in this tale is a Persian. It's really unusual and discomforting that they don't just portray them in, as evil indeed in action, but it's also dress, demeanour, appearance yeah. as well. They've, they've made it literally a kind of black and white issue. And it's the, the black <laughs> and white issue is... Not so much good and evil, it's good as beauty yeah. versus Perfect ugliness, yeah. Yeah. which is evil. Bearing in mind this, my jump the shark moment is when the immortals first show up, because that's really when the Persians start to become inhuman through mm. their imagery and representation. And that's when it becomes like a pro-war kind of triumph of the will, let's defeat these lesser beings than us. <laughs> and I'm sorry, you have made a political film, whether you like it or not, Zack Snyder. Yeah. And it's a very, very poor one. He's taken a horrible right-wing <laughs> diatribe and made an equally, if not worse, horrible right-wing diatribe. Right then, that's it for this episode. <laughs> and in the next episode, we will be covering... Wedding Crashers. Yes, Wedding Crashers. With so, a special guest. Yes. Robert Cadmore? <laughs> or are we one. keeping it a secret? It's not a mystery Oh, guess. sorry. Is it, was it meant to be a surprise or? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a mystery guest, it's a special guest, so you're alright. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever be able to have a, a mystery guest. <laughs> yeah. you, we, we don't know any. Heard of. <laughs> Unless it's someone who's been on before, I guess. Hear this voice, do you know who it is? <laughs> no. Yes, no. you're right, it's... Robert England. <laughs> <laughs> Is he the biggest celebrity you can think of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can follow us on Twitter at Don't Jump Shark. You can like us on Facebook. Don't Jump the Shark Film Podcast. You can send us your emails at 
Don't jump the shark at hotmail.com. Why not rate us review on iTunes? We like five stars. <laughs> Although if you don't you don't think it's five stars, then I guess you could do Dude, another rating. There, there's four available. Yeah. <laughs> we like five, four, and four point five. <laughs> That's it for this episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye! <laughs> Music is of course Yeah, if Hannibal managed to, you know, <laughs> did he not take the Romans by marching his elephants over there? Something? Oh, I'm hashing history here. This is terrible. Hannibal managed to use elephants well, was what I was saying. <laughs>